be in your presence, Lord. We ask that you would be with each one of us. Lord, you see the things in our lives that we struggle with daily, Father. We ask that you would help us. Lord, we know that you're here for us. We know that you're still a healer, Lord, that you're still in charge. God, for me, said, we and others, those who are sick, Lord, that couldn't be here, God, we ask favor for them, that you would touch them where they are, that you would minister to them, Father, that they would find time to get in your word, and through that, Lord, they might find some, some peace and some blessing. Father, we thank you for the word tonight, God, whatever it might be, as long as it comes from your word, we know it's yes and amen. We ask for discernment and understanding, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, so uh, the title of this tonight is Whose Prescription Am I Wearing? Winning winning the war in your mind is a is a very hard thing to do. Our thoughts lead us to in all sorts of directions because we have lenses that distort our reality. You currently have lenses or thoughts that's separating you from Jesus, whether you know it or not. You ask yourself these questions, are my strongest thoughts leading me closer to Jesus or away from Jesus? What are my thoughts bringing me to? If you want to win the war in your mind and establish a close relationship with Jesus, you must understand to re, uh, the reframing principle. Think about this question. Am I, are my strongest thoughts leading me closer to Jesus or leading me away from Him? If you just catalog your thoughts, are your strongest ones leading you closer to Jesus? I would love if my thoughts were, were just like the thoughts of Jesus, but where we can't because uh, we're, we're flesh, you know, we're humans. Wouldn't that be awesome if we could just have control over all of our thoughts and everything that we, that would just be like awesome, but we don't. Who is the conductor of our train of thoughts? My thoughts are all over the place. I know some of y'all's are too. You start off one thing and next thing you know, you're thinking about, something off the wall, you're like, how did I get here? How did I get to this thought? It's a battle. Uh, I want to think the thoughts that direct me toward Jesus most of all. It would uh, be nice if it was just a one-way straight track from me to God. That would be it. Just, you know, but, but we have all these different tracks, intersections and tunnels and things that, that we have to go through in our minds to get us to where we need to be with God. And, and like I say, it is definitely a battle. It's nothing new, though. It's been a battle this way from the beginning of the time. It's not like this battle just popped up, right? It's, it's a human problem that our minds go all over the place. Paul, one of the central figures of the New Testament, understood this battle. He knew how hard it was to kind of rein in your mind and direct your thoughts toward Jesus. He knew how hard it was to keep your, yourself from being distracted and going all over the place. He knew it, and he gave the Romans advice about it, Romans 12. And that's where we're going to take our, our key text from. So Paul said to the Roman church that he was struggling with this very thing himself. Who was losing the war in their mind? They were not, not winning this battle. They were going all over the place like we do. He tells us something that's incredibly helpful. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Paul says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've heard this a lot lately, and it's so true. Paul says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. That, that goes all over the place, but it transforms, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
if you want to change the direction of your life, you got to start by changing the way you think. Your strongest thoughts are going to lead you wherever you're thinking. If you're thinking over here, that's just where you're going to be. We, we've got to change our minds in the way that we, we think. Paul says this to the Romans, don't be conformed, but be transformed. It's interesting what he says before that. He says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, because this is the true and proper worship. Paul is speaking right into the Roman church, which is a bunch of you know, a bunch of Greek people who grew up in a certain philosophy. Uh, the pattern they're thinking was uh, body, man, things, earth, bad, spirit, good, right? They see material things so much, you know, as, as the world is bad. They saw the spiritual things was good, right? So when Paul says to them, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, this is your true and proper worship. That kind of blew their mind because they seen their bodies as nothing. It was, it wasn't worthy. Only heavenly things was was worthy. Paul says, "Don't be conformed to the old pattern of thinking, the pattern that the world thinks in. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't think in that old Platonic delusion, because God made everything. God made your bodies. He made your mind. He made your heart. He made your soul. Your spirit. He made everything." He made all of it, and he wants you to direct it toward him. He's changing the way that, that they, they think. That's what he was trying to do. Trying to make them worship God more fully by using everything that God has blessed them with, including their bodies. The Romans had a certain pattern of thinking. They, it was kind of similar to our thinking of the world today. Yes, we, we, we currently do, and we, we can be conformed to those easier than we realize. One of those patterns of thinking that we can get stuck in is that we view the world through this more is better. More of this is better. More of that is better. Just a little bit more food. Just a little bit more money. Just a little bit more time watching TV. We always have this just a little more would be so much better, right? We get stuck in that pattern. and But do we also give a little more reading my Bible, a little more praying, a little more fasting, a little more witnessing, just a little more? Do we have that mindset? That's what we got to ask ourselves. <clears throat> Most people these days, I'm going to do what makes me happy. That's that's the thought. Whatever makes me happy, that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to make my kids happy, my wife happy. I'm going to make everybody happy that I can, and, and that's it. But that's not what this is about. Are you making God happy? Because if you're not truly making God happy, God can't work through you to where you can truly make your family, your wife, your kids, everybody really happy. There is a difference between happy and, and being happy through Christ and God because he can bless you more abundantly than what you can bless yourself by doing this all yourself. Happiness isn't good enough sometimes. I like to be happy. Do y'all like to be happy? I mean, we all like to be happy. But that's not God's greatest goal for you. His goal is not for just you to be happy. You know, that's sad. Some people will look at that and think, you know, well, why would I want to worship God? Why would I want to be part of this when he doesn't really always want me to be happy? Well, Jesus wasn't real happy. When we crucified him, 
when we stoned and beat him and whipped him and you know it, it's not all about us that's that's a huge problem is this day and time especially it's all about what we want to do it's not about what god wants us to do anymore he wants to save you we can get stuck in that thinking that we can do it all ourselves, and, and as long as I make myself happy, I'm good. We end up thinking if we get stuck in a pattern of thinking that, that we stop allowing God to transform our mind, and this becomes the mold, the pattern that we think in. Here's another one that you probably heard recently. The government, the wars, all this conspiracy stuff. Sure, you can get lost in that. You can get 100 million... <coughs> ways your mind can go everywhere but are we putting our faith in trusting God and saying God you see the situation take it and make it yours and we go about what we're supposed to do and stop fretting on this stuff instead of Jesus being the conductor of our train of thoughts all of a sudden fear is our train of thought that's what's guiding us and leading us there's something that you and I are going to have to deal with it's, it's the patterns that's being pressed up on us it's the, it's the patterns of, like I said, fear in the government, uh, the the amount of work we do, what we give our money to, how we spend our money, how we spend our time. The world is is has taken God completely out of the picture, and has put a million things for us to spend our time and money on, and left Jesus out of it. Jesus is who we get our peace from. He's who saves us. He is the one who can help us. These other things. God knows about it, and he's still in control of them. So they, it really doesn't matter. First and foremost, we have to do God's work. <clears throat> if there are these things that are conducting our train of thoughts, we're just going to keep going like this forever. But here's what Jesus wants to do. Jesus wants to invade your timeline. He wants to invade your train of thought. He wants to steer you directly. But you got to put him first for him to be able to control your life. If you're not putting him, if you don't wake up and you give God the glory for waking up and say, God, every word I speak, every step I take, everything I do, make it for you, then what are we doing? We're not doing what we're supposed to. It's hard. Yes, but we have to keep that, that mindset, that prayer, that thought. we got to put God first in everything we do so we can be a witness. We can reach more people. We need God's help for this because we are being conformed, whether we, we realize it or not. You watch the news, you watch TV, everybody else, our friends, our coworkers, slowly trying to conform us to their mindset. <clears throat> if you want to come closer to Jesus and all things that are happening in this world, we need to understand this principle that I'm going to be talking about today. It's, it's called the reframing principle. <clears throat> it's a tool that goes on. To help you win the war in your mind, the reframing principle is about recognize your lens, recognize what you are seeing the world through, then reframe your perspective. Get a new lens from Jesus to see clearly. Scientifically, your lens of your eyes is called a, a cognitive bias. It is a bias in your thoughts, that your thoughts tend to go in this direction or are filtered by this thing or this issue. Right, I wear glasses, and I see you know several people here. Glasses are contacts. If uh, if I was to trade glasses with you, I still have a prescription glasses on, but I, I wouldn't be able to see because they're not my prescription. Right? Same thing with everybody else. 
you might be able to see a little bit, but like I'm farsighted in this eye, nearsighted in this eye, and got astigmatisms. So I doubt anybody in here could see through my glasses because they're so different. So why are we trying to see through somebody else's glasses? Why are we taking the words of other people? Why are we conforming to this world and looking through that lens instead of the lens that Jesus gave us? <clears throat> Jesus is saying, actually, friends, if, if you're attached to wealth, if you're attached to living your life for you, if you're going to be really hard, it's going to be really hard to enter the kingdom of God. But there's a, a lot bigger blessing than financial blessings. Yes, God can bless you with that, but he's got something more and better. <clears throat> if you stop at financial blessings, you're stopping way short of what God wants for you and what he has for you. Jesus is changing their minds all over the place. And then Jesus did this. He went and died on the cross. All right, if the doctor gives me lenses and I was to wear someone else's lenses, it would further distort my reality, not help my reality. The truth is that there are a lot of people, organizations, and ideologies who want to give you their lens and say, see the world the way I see it. Don't worry about what you think. See the way I see it. <clears throat> what we need to do is recognize the lenses that we are viewing the world through and then get a new lens from Jesus. Tell Jesus to change my eyes, change my thought, change my prescription the way I see the world, to see it through your eyes, to see it and do what you want me to do. To illustrate this idea... I want to just, just give this little imaginary story. Let's say that you you and your friend are walking into church, and your friend says, hey, before we go in, I want to let y'all know that that you know nobody in here really likes you, all right? Been talk about it. They just don't like you, but let's go in. We'll have a little get-together. It's going to be fine. So you walk in, and the first thing you notice, people in the corner look at you, and they're talking, and you think, man, they're talking about me. The preacher don't come up and, and speak to you right off the bat. Uh, you walk by and a couple of people don't even acknowledge you. So you're thinking, man, these people really do it. They just hate me. They don't like me at all. So the whole time you're thinking and looking on the word of someone that nobody likes you. So when the get-together's over, you're walking out. Your friend standing out there and he walks by. He's like, what's wrong with you? Why you look so down? He's like, man, nobody likes me. He's like, oh, man, I, I was just playing with you. I was just joking. That wasn't true. But he took that one thing that that man said and it changed his reality of everything. <clears throat> we can't let one thing change the reality. We can't let one stumble change the reality of that, that God is wanting to use us. God will use us. We just got to give it all to him. There are lenses that you and I currently have that, that are distorted, that are distorting our reality. Maybe someone gave it to you as a kid. Maybe it was developed in yourself. Maybe you inherited from other churches you went to, other people. God wants to take those lenses off. You you need you have to ask God, God, if there's anything, you know, distorting my vision of what you want me to do, remove that from me and let me do what I'm supposed to do, not not what Bob thinks I'm supposed to do, but I'm supposed to do for you. Romans twelve and two says, Don't be conformed to this pattern of the world. Don't think the way the world thinks. Don't see the way the world sees. We just felt the pressure for so long to fit in, to think a certain way, to a pattern of our thoughts. After one pattern, then we've just normalized, basically the squeeze the world. We normalize what everyone's doing, and we say, okay, this is this is today's time. This is what we're going to do. This is how we do things. We've normalized it, and it's 
it's not right. If it was good enough in the Bible days, it should be good enough today to be a witness, to live your life right, to give your time, to give everything to God, to the church, Jesus. We're constantly learning as human beings that that everything around us is slowly shaping us one way or the other if we let it, right? The hardest part is living in the world, going to our jobs, going to a bunch of unchurched people, going out to the stores and hearing things that we hear and seeing things that we see and still trying to keep that Jesus lens on our eyes and our, and our mouth so we don't say things, so we don't do things that we're not supposed to do. It's, it's a really hard task. So who is actually controlling our mind and our mouth? Who is supposed to be? Jesus. We're supposed to be letting him control everything. If we just add up all the time that we were learning from the world, being squeezed into its mold, being conformed of its thinking, or the time that we spent being conformed to Jesus and being transformed by the renewing of his mind, where would we land? Will we land more in the world or will we land more on Jesus? Which way are we are we letting which way is dragging us more? The world or Jesus? If you take some stock in yourself and realize it's the world, then you need to give a little more to Jesus so he can pull you in the right direction. Jesus got upset at people who had too much pride to admit that they were wrong. All right? Jesus got upset at people who were who were too proud to recognize their faults, who were too stuck in a certain pattern of thinking to come and hum, humble themselves before him. But all the people who were willing to admit, Jesus, I got it wrong. I need your help. Jesus came to them, right? Sometimes we just got to say, you know what? I got it wrong. I screwed up. I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. I need you. And he'll be there. Every day I tell the God, I tell God, I, I know I'm wrong and I'm sorry. I know I've done something wrong. I may not know it, but I know it because I'm flesh. That's why I keep coming back to Jesus. That's why I keep coming back. Tim is saying, change the way I see things. Change the way I, I hear things. Change the way I think about things. Uh, the, you know, the place I work at is just, it's, demonic at best it's terrible so I gotta keep in a constant frame of, of prayer thought to keep my mind right because I mean there's some t terrible things said and, and done but I can still let my light shine and and I can still have even the inmates say hey you're a Christian yeah hey man my mom's not doing good can you pray for me sure sure I can it's little things like that I'm, I'm nobody special I mean I'm 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 nothing but just by living a little bit different than everybody else there, they can see a difference and they can say, hey, I wonder if that guy's a Christian. And then I can be a witness. I can be a tool for God to use. We need Jesus to help us every day. But we've got to recognize that, that we have to let him in us completely. <clears throat> it's not about... Like, okay, Jesus, you're my Savior. Cool. All right, I'm good to go. That's not the way it works. You've you got to fully submit and give your life to God. If, if you don't feel a change, then you really didn't get God. If you don't know your body, your mind has changed, and the way you see and you feel things, 
And then you might need to go back to the altar and find God because you probably didn't. Train your thoughts. Train your thoughts to go to good instead of bad. And that is a hard thing to do. Find the positive in every situation. And because we're such a negative people. We're in that that's that brings everything down. We gotta find the positive in situations and bring the positive out. Bring the positive out in people. That way God can use them, use us, and we can all work together. It's, it's hard at work to do stuff like that. I mean, because even at the school, like with you, you can only say so much before you go out of and you can get in trouble. That's the way the world's come to. But we just got to let our light shine. We got to find that right lens, that right prescription for us. And only Jesus can give us that prescription. Be honest about your lens. It, it may be hard to be honest, but... Uh, Think about how you approach situations and how you talk to people and, and see, is this God in it? Is God in me? You may realize that it's not. You may realize you're, you may know, you may not realize your lens is a, is a bad lens. It may not be right for you at the time. But Jesus can change that, right? you got to replace it with a new lens that Jesus can work through you like like he worked through the disciples, like he's worked through Brother Scott, Matt, everybody else. He's We've got to get in the mindset that you don't have to be a preacher to reach people. You don't have to be a disciple, some big name. You can just be a person, just, just you. And you can do just as much as a preacher behind a pulpit can. We need a total change, and Jesus can do that. All throughout the Gospels, <clears throat> Jesus did like consistently over and over again. Jesus, he, he talked with people. He changed their minds. Uh, he, he said in Matthew 5, you, you've heard it, hate your enemies. We just talked about that, all right? But I tell you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. They were like, wait, what? You're changing it, Jesus. You, we were told to die for the eye. We just went over this last Sunday, so we know all about that. It's, it was a total change, right? Jesus was changing their minds because hate hurts you too. Hatred, we may not think that we have hatred, but if you look at somebody and you have ill feelings, that's hatred. If, if you, you know, you may see somebody and, and walk away from them, that's okay because you don't want to get, but if you look at them and, you're, and you feel something, that's hatred. And you can't enter into heaven with that in your in your heart, and that's a huge thing that we have to, we have to deal with every day is is to get that hate out of our heart, change the way we look at people, to change the way we look at things, so we can get that out of us, so we can make it to heaven. Hate doesn't just hurt other people; it poisons your soul. Jesus didn't want it for his followers, so he changed our minds. Luke fourteen and twenty six says, "If you don't hate your father and mother, you can't follow me." You're like, oh. What is that talking about? When I read that, I was like, man. So I had to look a little deeper. Jesus, you know, we're supposed to love our enemies. That's what Jesus tells us, all right? But hate our mom and dad? Why, why would we do that? How messed up is that? But what Jesus is telling us is, is that 
our love for him should supersede the love that we have for our mother and our father, our, our wife and our children. Our love for him should be so much that the love for them seems like hatred. That's how much love we should have for God compared to anyone else here. Do we have that much love? Do you have that much love for him? you got to ask yourself that. If the answer is no, then we might need to, to seek God a little more. We tend to worship our families. Happy wife, happy life, right? We want our kids to be happy. We want we, we put everything stock in how can I make everybody happy? But does it matter if we're not making God happy? It does not matter at all. I, I would much rather have my family mad at me and make it to heaven any day. Any day of the week. We tend to put our families way before God. And I'm I'm guilty of it myself in, in the past. I'm I'm very guilty. We put them on a pedestal, we use Family is almost like an idol sometimes, you know, and that's wrong. It's just so wrong. It's not a good way to love your family. When you love Jesus more, you're going to love your family better. When you put God first, you're going to be able to love your family and take care of them better. We we didn't have our minds changed just like, like they did. Jesus said this, How hard is it? it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? And all the people there were like, wait, what? Because we thought wealth was a sign of, of God's favor, blessings. Not much has changed, has it? That's what people think today, too. You look at these televangelists and different people, and they're worth millions, and you're thinking, man, God's really doing something with them. We still view, view wealth as, as blessings. But sometimes it's not. It's a curse. Jesus was saying, actually, friends, if you're attached to wealth, if that's what you are living for, it's going to be really hard to enter the kingdom of God. If that's if that's your number one goal is money and wealth. He wants you to have money. He wants you to be wealthy. But he also wants you to be a good steward with it. Jesus is saying there's a lot bigger blessings than financial blessings. Yes, God can bless you with that, but something more and better. If you stop at financial blessings, you stop way short of what God wants you to have. Satan thought that he had won, right? He thought that Jesus' death on the cross was his ultimate victory. But Jesus changed Satan's mind because uh, he rose again, right? <clears throat> he thought he had it he thought he had it whooped because but he didn't. He changed his mind when he rose from that three days later. That was the ultimate victory where Jesus defeated sin, death, and Satan on the cross in the very way that Satan thought that he was going to win. And Jesus is changing things. He's changing the way that we think, and he did, he did that with his resurrection. We thought, we thought that was it, right? But, but now we know because of Jesus, death is not the end for us at all. That we have a future with God in heaven because Jesus... And his sacrifice for us on the cross. And is raising to a new life through his resurrection. We have this hope. It's a hope that changes the way that we think. But are we aligning, aligning ourselves with Jesus? Or are we aligning ourselves with the patterns of the world? I know I've said that many times during this message. But we really need to see, think about, are we really aligning with God? Or are we really more aligning with this world? We have to live in this world. We have to work. We have to do things. But 
Are we letting God shine through every situation? Paul could say, don't be conformed to this pattern, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind because he was. He was conformed to the pattern of this world. Paul, formerly known as Saul, was a Pharisee who hated Christians and he wanted he wanted to hunt Christians down and kill them. We talked about that, how he was he would kill Christians. Then on the road to Damascus, where he was going to put Christians in jail, a bright light from heaven blinded him. Saul was led to Damascus by his friends, and then he, he waited in the house because he was blind, and he, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what was next, and God sent, uh, uh, I his name, Butchard, Ananias, Ananias, thank you. He was a Jesus follower in Damascus, and Ananias came and prayed for Saul. He laid his hands on Salt and said, Lord, we pray that you heal him, and we pray that you would change him. Not just heal him, but change him. That's, that's, that's a big thing right there. We, we have to be changed. If we're not changed, then we're not where we're supposed to be. We've got to be changed. What happened is, it says that something like scales fell from his eyes. So, I'm just speculating here. What, what if those scales were like a physical manifestation of a spiritual lens that was blinding him, right? And it was it was showing him that Christians are bad, that, that he needs to kill them. What if, what if just that touching him and praying for him dropped them scales off of his eyes and it, it cleared his vision? God can do that for us too. He can He can clear our vision from hatred, from anything that we have going on that's not of God. He can take that from us. But you gotta you gotta ask Him. You gotta repent and ask Him, God. I am A, B, C, or D, whatever it is. I need you to take this from me. And He will. And if you're thinking, no, I don't need anything, then you do. You do. So don't don't think you don't. <laughs> you're the exact person that, that we're talking about here. If you think, like, I just need a few tweaks in this way that I think, I don't need a total transformation, then you're wrong, because we all do. It don't matter how many times you get up and preach or you do this or that, we are human, and we need tweaked every single day from God. We need to be conformed every single day. We all need Jesus to change our minds, to direct us toward Him. That word, be transformed, is a a present imperative verb, which means keep being transformed continually. So you can't take a break. Continually, non-stop, be transformed. Be changed every single minute of every day. Just keep coming back to Jesus. Always come back to Jesus. Just because I got glasses doesn't mean that I, I don't need to go get my vision checked again. I got to go every year to get my eyes checked, right? We need to check ourselves, our lenses with God every day. Because what He wants me to see today may not be what He wants me to see tomorrow. He might need me to look through a different prescription tomorrow. Instead of being a little nearsighted, I might need to be a little farsighted. We don't know unless we, we give ourselves to God and we say, God, use me today. Change me. Make me a tool for you. We just got to keep coming back to Him. The doctor can give you a, a, a lens, can give you a right prescription, flip all those little things. Y'all know y'all been through it and, and get the right one where you can see, but all God's got to do is 
That's it. You got the right one. Just ask him. <clears throat> he can change everything. God can give you a new lens every single day if you ask him to. Lord, just tell him, Lord, I'm putting on my new lens that, that you've given me today. Help me see what you want me to see today. Help me see. Let me do what you want me to do today. I want you to just, just take a moment here and just, 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 I know it's kind of weird, but just close your eyes for a second. Put all things aside and allow God to speak to you. Allow him to give you a new prescription, a new lens so that you can see the world correctly in front of you. So you're no longer distorted and your thoughts aren't led astray by all these different things. Allow God to give you a new lens. I'm going to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, you know each one of us. You, you know, God, that the lenses that are, are shaping us, informing us, and changing the way that we see things, God. Would you help us to just remove those those lenses and put, put your lenses on our eyes, God. Help us to see the world the way you want us to see it. But then we do that. We, we know that that you're going to direct us, God, when, you, when we do that. You're, you're going to help us. You're going to guide us. That you, God, want to correct our vision so that our, our reality is, isn't distorted anymore. God, would you help us to put those lenses on? And, and because of that, Lord, would you help us to, to be different than the world around us? So so different in a way that's not judgmental, that's not in a way of... That's, that's loving and gracious and, and inviting so that more people would be transformed by you, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we, we thank you for the, your presence and your word. And Be with us now as we go today and, and tomorrow. And, and God, just use us. Pray this in, in Jesus' name. Amen.